Good morning, fellow members of the flock of Christ. If you haven't figured it out yet today, today's subject is Christ our Shepherd. We're going to be reading today from Psalm 23, which I'm sure is extremely familiar with you, if you'll turn to that. I've heard that it is one of the most recognizable and most loved passages in all of literature, not just biblical, but secular. Isn't it great that our God can take something so simple and make it so deep to confound the wise, but bless millions, probably billions of people by now over the 3,000 years since this was written. So we'll do verses 1 through 3. A psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now we're going to have a second scripture today. It's found in the book of John, chapter 10. Verses 14 through 16. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock one shepherd. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Some good over here, maybe not so over here, and heard a voice over here. Awesome. Great. My name is Jason um, Shelton, as Dan um, mentioned earlier. Um, I get the opportunity to uh, open up God's Word this morning. If you're new with us, um, we typically go verse by verse through a book of the Bible. We've kind of placed pause on that over the last uh, several weeks, and we are um, working our way through uh, six names of God that are found in the Old Testament, and we're on name number five this morning. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it, uh, the series up to this point. I know my wife and I have. Um, It's such a powerful thing to consider how God's word depicts himself. How um, all of these names, whether it's Elohim or El Shaddai or Yahweh or Yahweh Sikeim, they're all giving us different pictures of the one true God. And those characteristics, those names, as we've seen, as has been taught, they've all found perfect expression in the only God-man, Jesus Christ. All these names, they're giving us a little more clarity of of who God is, right? The picture begins in Genesis, and as it moves along, it begins, it builds momentum, it builds speed, and it shows us a little more about who God is, what He's like. We've seen the name Elohim, the great uh, provider, the creator, and we saw that ultimate provision is found in the face of Jesus Christ as he provided a way for salvation. 
We saw uh, El Shaddai, the great almighty promise keeper who um, kept the ultimate promise of the promises made. We've seen the name Yahweh, the personal name, the great I Am. And we saw that the ultimate fulfillment of seeing the great I Am in person is found in the face of Jesus Christ. And then last week, Pastor John led us through Yahweh Sakeim. Our God is a righteous God. And we saw that God's righteousness was put in perfect, on perfect display as Jesus hung on a cross. That His righteousness becomes our righteousness because of that work on that cross. God keeps showing us the face of Jesus. And this morning is really no different. We encounter another name, Yahweh Rohio. I am the shepherd. Psalms 23 verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The idea of shepherding during this time that David, the author, is writing into, you can think about this in two ways. David's probably pulling from um, his experience in one of two categories. David, the great uh, shepherd king, right before he's a king, he's a shepherd. And so he's probably pulling from um, the context of actually being a shepherd. Maybe as, 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 as soon as the age of like 11 or 12 years old, he's trusted with his father's sheep in the pasture to care for them, to protect them, to watch over them, to lead them, right? But beyond even the uh, individual uh, identity of actually being a shepherd, there's record, numerous records actually, of individual kings and leaders during this time that identified their leadership as shepherds over their people, their sheep. So David could be um, writing out of the context of either one of those two things. It's, it's the culture that he's in. It's an idea that is relevant to him. It's applicable. It's known to him. But what about you and I? Anybody ever cared for sheep in the room? Yeah, Pat has, obviously. Okay. Uh, what about other types of livestock? Horses? Okay, so a couple more. Cattle? What if we expand the definition to like dogs and cats? Anybody ever cared for those? Okay, great. So if, if, we, if we expand the definition beyond what we probably should, um, we've all cared for uh, livestock, okay? Um, my wife, Emily, actually grew up in Wyoming around sheep. Um, her, her family owned sheep. I, myself, um, don't have any experience with sheep um, hardly at all. I, I grew up on a dairy farm. That's what my family does. We own and operate a dairy east of Greeley. Um, and so I have an idea about what it means to shepherd cows, but not really to shepherd sheep. Maybe for you, uh, the only real tangible experience of being around livestock is when you uh, went and visited your grandfather's farm when you were younger, or your uncles, or a friend's maybe. Um, Did you know that statistically speaking, the national average for the degree of separation between um, an individual and a family member that worked on a farm or on li- in livestock in some way is like three or four degrees of separation. Okay? That means that on average, each individual has four degrees of separation between themselves and a family member that worked with livestock. So that'd be like m- me, my father's father's father worked on a farm. Okay? So what does that statistic have to do with us this morning? 
And specifically as we're studying this name, Yahweh Rohio. Well, it, it could mean that there might be a significant gap between those readers who are going to listen and see this text in Psalms 23 um, and understand what David might be implying by the idea of shepherd and shepherd's care because they've known it and experienced it compared to those of us like myself who might know just enough about sheep and shepherd's care to be dangerous with it. So the outline this morning, if you're an outline person, is this. We're going to look at uh, sheep. We got to get up to speed on the idea of sheep. Sheep for dummies, right? We're going to make a a sheep 101 lecture here this morning, okay? Um, And then um, I want to do that. I want to get us up to speed on the idea of sheep by looking at their behavior a little bit, look at their wiring. um, And some of those uh, are going to be problematic as we're going to see. And I want to compare those problematic tendencies, their problematic wirings to that of humans and their problematic behaviors and maybe some of their problematic, problematic um, uh, um, desires. And I think out of that comparison, out of looking at sheep and comparing to the humans, we're going to see um, that both groups, both categories are in need of a shepherd. And then we're going to see, hopefully by God's grace, that Jesus is the only shepherd qualified. That Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of God's great idea, his motif throughout scripture of the idea of shepherds caring for their sheep, and that Jesus is the perfect expression of the Old Testament name, Yahweh Rahio. So, with that in mind, let's look at sheep. All sheep are in need of a shepherd because all sheep are in need of provision and care that only a shepherd can provide. And that, that, that care... And that provision manifests itself in the reality that point number one, all sheep are dependent for their needs, their basic needs, yes, but much more than that, their greatest need. Think about some of their uh, basic needs. They, you might think about food. They got to eat, right? That's a basic need. It's an important one, but it's basic, right? Water. Maybe a similar thing. Maybe uh, take a step from there and look at the reality of, of maybe like shelter from a storm or shade from the sun. These are all basic things. They're needs, but they're basic needs. But possibly the most important need, might I say their greatest need that any sheep has is the need to be rescued when it is in danger, either of a predator or when it is cast down. Anybody familiar with that phrase? cast down. It's an idea um, coined by shepherds um, when sheep find themselves in the peculiar and dangerous predicament of being on their back with their legs straight up in the air. And they are unable within themselves to right themselves, to fix their situation outside of the aid of the shepherd. Similarly, um, I, have a, I have some experience with this in dairy cattle. Um, cattle, if they lay on a slope plane, okay, there's, a, there's a slope, and if they lay with their back downhill, their center of gravity shifts to, su- to such a significant degree that they're actually unable to get up unless somebody helps them. And if left there, they will die over time. Okay, similarly, sheep need 
When they are cast down, they need to be saved. They are unable without the saving act of the shepherd to fix their most desperate need, their greatest need. All sheep are dependent creatures, dependent for their basic needs, yes, but much more than that, their greatest need. Point number two, all sheep need to be led. Psalms 23 verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. All sheep need a shepherd to follow because all sheep are prone to wander. Are prone to be influenced by their flock mates. Are defenseless creatures. And if you, are in, um, if you grew up in the church, you probably heard stories or read stories um, in, in these children's books about David who would have to leave the flock in order to go save the one sheep that had found its way off and found its way into trouble, right? He had some experience with the idea that sheep tend to wander away. All sheep need to be led because we have the propensity to wander. All sheep need a shepherd to follow, because all sheep are at times influenced by their flock mates. We call this herd mentality, or better yet, maybe in this situation, flock mentality, right? Um, When I was really young, I got the opportunity to do some mutton busting. Anybody know what that is? It's a little too redneck for some of you. I get it. Okay, we'll get you up to speed. Some of you have been in Colorado long enough. You get it. Okay, um, so you go to a rodeo. I had the opportunity to do this when I was young. Okay, um, they take a maybe five, six-year-old kid, and they place them upon a sheep and let the sheep run out into the arena with the kids, like, holding on for dear life. Okay, but I, and you, the, the goal, besides the audience enjoying it, is the kid to hold on for eight seconds, Okay, and then you could fall off after the bell rings. Maybe it's similar to riding a bull. Um, you have eight seconds. I, pro- I, I wanted to ride a bull, and my, my parents said, no, they put me on a sheep, I, I guess, is what they did. So, but the reality is, is at some point, the kid falls off the sheep, and then what happens? Every single sheep does what? They run into the farthest corner of the arena, as far away from people as possible, as close to possible. They glum together in the corner. I've probably seen, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 um, um, mutton-busting events in my lifetime, um, and every single one of them ends up with kids on the ground, sheep in the corner. Every one. Every single one of them. And then what happens? Somebody goes over there and kind of spooks one of the sheep away and they all follow the one that pushed out. It's like the blind leading the blind. See, because all sheep need to be led because they're influenced by their flock mates. All sheep need a shepherd to follow because all sheep are defenseless creatures. And this defenselessness doesn't just show up in the reality um, of being like uh, powerless, right? Right? Specifically in the area of being cast down, a sheep's on its back, like predator comes, it forget fighting back, it can't even run away, right? Okay, that's defenselessness to a T. Okay, but, but they're not just defenseless there, they're also defenseless in their psyche, in their wiring. Sheep can't be anything more than what sheep are. Yes, they are the universal symbol for meekness and maybe even weakness, but sheep are also notorious for getting distracted getting spooked, a whole herd will stampede at the smallest noise. You ever seen that? 
They're notorious for being discontent. I think twice in my lifetime I've actually been able to experience this firsthand. Okay, there'd be like a fence that's set up here, okay? And a sheep will literally stick its head, strain its entire body through the fence to grab at a couple blades of grass on the other side of the fence, even though they have access to the same type of grass on this side of the fence. And then there's the occasional sheep that will actually get its head stuck in the fence and, fig- and can't figure out how to get it out. All sheep need to be led because they are prone to wander, prone to be influenced by their herdmates, and at all times are defenseless creatures. Here's the connection. All humans are dependent for their needs, their basic, but much more than that, their greatest need. We have basic needs. I was reminded of this in a different way this last Tuesday when I got sick. It's like, talk about being needy. You just like, you can't do anything. You just lay there, hope you get better, right? Think about the reality of needing sleep, right? We should be reminded of our need, our basic need of, uh, of sleep when we have to go there to find rest or when we eat food for sustenance and energy. Like all of those things and more should point us to the reality that we aren't so independent as we think we might be. But beyond even these needs, and these needs are important and they're good, but beyond even those things, just as with sheep when they are cast down, unable to save themselves, all people, all humans are in a helpless state where they are, where we are, unable to rescue ourselves. I mean, this is our greatest need to be rescued. No other need of the human race compares with that need. Our need to be rescued from our helpless state, no other. And we're in that need of rescue because just like the sheep that got its head stuck into a place that it can no longer get it out, we have put ourselves into a place where we cannot get back to a right relationship with God. We have decided to blaze our own trail to not follow the shepherd who created us. Where he deserves our praise, but in turn we want nothing to do with the shepherd, with Yahweh Rahio. With his provision, with his care, with his leadership. Instead, we, we think we know best and that we know better, and that's sin. And God's word tells us that the result of our sin, because of our sin, we are under God's judgment. Romans 2, 5 through 6, right? But because of your heart and your impotent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourselves on the day of wrath. When God's righteous judgment will be revealed, he will render to each one according to his deeds. Like we are not able in and of ourselves to get back on our feet when we're cast down A sheep who is cast down can't hope to do better next time. Think about that. It's too late. They can't say, well, I've learned my lesson from this situation. I won't put myself there anymore. It's too late. They're already there. You can't change the current situation that you're in. That's why God's word uses an even more powerful picture of our state without him, right? Ephesians 2, it says, and you were dead. We are declared dead people apart from Jesus. You can't be much more helpless than that if you think about it. Not much more cast down than that 
See, all humans, all people are dependent for their needs. They're basic, yes, but much more than that, their greatest need. To be rescued from this peril. To be rescued by an act outside of themselves. To be lifted up by their shepherds so that they may not die. And you know what? God, in His loving kindness, has sent the Good Shepherd to be on a mission of rescuing His sheep. There is a Good Shepherd who is currently on the mission of rescuing His sheep. There is a Good Shepherd who has accomplished all the necessary means for the sheep of His flock to be rescued. John 10, 14 through 17, this is Jesus speaking, right? We just read it. I am the good shepherd. Jesus identifies Yahweh Rohio. I know my own. My own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them along. And they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. See, all people are dependent for their greatest need to be rescued. And that rescue only comes through faith in Jesus Christ, the only Yahweh Rahio, the good shepherd who has laid down his life for his sheep, where the shepherd of the sheep um, became a sheep in order to, among the sheep, in order to save the sheep. Think about that. The shepherd of the sheep um, came and, and became a sheep and lived amongst the sheep in order to save the sheep. Where the shepherd did what he alone could do. Where you were once far off, but now brought near. Where you were once not a part of his flock, but now seen as a precious sheep under his shepherding care. Where you can now declare with boldness, the Lord is my shepherd, he is my Yahweh, Rohio. I shall not want. See, all people are dependent for their great need, their greatest need to be rescued. And God in his loving kindness, because he is the good shepherd, because he is the only Yahweh Rahio, he has done what he alone could do. He provided a way, the way for the sheep of his flock to not be cast down any longer. But instead he rescued them so that they may live and have life in abundance, being a sheep of his care a sheep under his shepherding care. I mean, Jesus did that. Jesus did what Jesus alone could do. See, he provided a way for the sheep of his flock to be rescued, but much more than that, to live in abundance under his care. Which leads us to the next point, comparing sheep and people. All sheep need to be led. All people need to be led. 
As we've seen, all people have the ultimate need to be saved from God's judgment because of our sin. That trusting in Jesus alone in his life, in his death, and his resurrection is the only way to be saved. But we're not only saved from something. We're not just saved from God's judgment. We're also saved to something. We are now sheep that have been rescued, but we're also now sheep that belong to the shepherd who rescued us. See, when we trusted in Jesus for the first time, when you, when you repented, right? When you, when you acknowledged your sin and your disbelief of him and you turned and you trusted in him, he transferred you from one kingdom to another kingdom, from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light, an eternal kingdom, an everlasting kingdom. And he placed his mark upon you Maybe similarly to the same way that a shepherd might place his mark upon his sheep, Jesus placed his spirit within you as a guarantee over you to claim you. See, our shepherd is not only a saving shepherd. That's true. That's beautiful. He is a saving shepherd. He's our savior. But he's also a reigning shepherd, our Lord. Which means that to be rescued by him means that we also have surrendered our lives to him, to his headship, to his lordship, to his leadership. But just because we've been rescued sheep who belong to the shepherd who rescued us, doesn't mean that we do not still wrestle day in and day out with surrendering to the leading of that good shepherd. The sinful tendencies that we had, although their ultimate power and their consequences are broken, we still struggle with. Think about this song, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Like who else feels that tension in their heart? Like in the, in the depths of their soul, who else feels that tension? Like prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. prone to let the words of other sheep direct my decisions or my opinions, prone to be defenseless in fighting against my inner sinful desires because all sheep are prone to wander, prone to listen to another voice and be influenced by other shepherds even though those shepherds are really just sheep, prone to revert back to their old sinful habits even though they are sheep shepherded by Jesus. So I want to take the rest of this time this morning and I want to talk about that. We might, by God's grace, continue to trust the good shepherd that you first trusted in. That we might continue to have greater faith. I was thinking about this this last week. Like That's my prayer this morning is that, that by God's grace, I would be um, like um, kerosene or gasoline on the fire of your affection for Jesus and your, your trust and your faith in Jesus. And not because our faith in and of itself is great, but because the object of our faith, which is Jesus, is great. Amen? Not because our faith in and of itself is great, but because the object of our faith, which is Jesus, is great. And that is key here. 
That distinction is key here because if we desire to continue to trust in in Jesus and follow him, then we need to get the focus off of ourselves, what we have done, what we might do, and what we are doing. And we need to get that focus onto Jesus and what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do in life. If we want to kill, that's our, if, there is, if there's a desire within us, if we want to kill the prone to wander, kill the habit to listen to other voices over the one true voice of the shepherd, or if we want to kill the sinful habits that we seem defenseless to and we want to cling to Jesus, then we must first seek Jesus. Colossians 3, 5, right? The command, put to death what is earthly in you. And if you're familiar with that chapter, Paul also tells us how he, we might do that. How, how would we put to death the things that are earthly in you, right? He's, what does he say? He says, set your minds on things above, not on things below. Set your mind on things above where Christ is. So I'm going to propose that if all humans are dependent for their needs, basic but much more than that, their greatest need, and that need is only found in Jesus, and if all humans are in need led, then I'm also going to propose that the only way that we continue to follow the Good Shepherd is that we continue to trust the Good Shepherd. And if we're going to continue to trust the Good Shepherd, we must actively, intentionally, frequently, and often exercise remembering the good shepherd and anticipating the good shepherd. We must remember Yahweh Rahio and anticipate Yahweh Rahio. Remember what Yahweh Rahio has done and who you are because of what he's done. A sheep, a precious sheep under his care. And anticipate where he's taking us. What the destination will hold what plans he has for you. Remembering and anticipating Jesus by God's grace is the only sufficient power to truly in freedom follow the good shepherd into the life abundance that he's promised you as a sheep of his flock. So, how do we apply that idea? Remember, anticipate, Remembering Jesus, anticipating Jesus in the context of our lives. How do we do that? We're saved sheep, right? Called to follow the shepherd who rescued us, who, who desire to follow him but struggle in doing so, right? Let's look at the examples that we've already discussed earlier. In the journey of following the good shepherd, our Yahweh Rohia, we will have seasons, if not days, where we will be prone to wander away. Maybe for you, that wandering looks like being busy building your kingdom and not God's kingdom. Maybe wandering away looks like having a spirit of discontentment where you begin to seek fulfillment in other things. Like we live in the United States, there's a lot of pretty toys out there. A lot of really nice white picket fence houses. Maybe wandering away looks like being tossed back and forth in your emotions and your actions in the middle of some hardship that you or someone that you know is experiencing. 
I mean, there are lots of ways that we are tempted to wander. But for the sake of time, we're going we're gonna to try to apply the exercise of remembering and anticipating Jesus. We're going to intersect that into one example, into a couple different examples, and trust that uh, the Spirit is going to allow you to do that in your life where you need it most. So let's look at the tendency to wander because of a hardship that we are encountering. A little over a year ago, um, my wife Emily and I um, came to the conclusion that we would never ever have any more biological kids. This was after about two and a half years of us trying, and God said no. He said no again, and he said no again, and he said no again. And when you're in a place like that, where you desire something so much, when you want things to be different, right? And you have no real control over the situation being any different than it is. I mean, it is a fight to trust that the good shepherd is good. That he is still there shepherding you, even amongst the hardship. That that he desires what is best for you. That he loves you. He cares for you. And over this three and a half year period, Emily and I had to fight to, to remember and anticipate Jesus in the context of struggling with infertility. And we didn't do it well at times. We had other people in our lives, praise God in His mercy, that would help us do that. That would help me remember and anticipate Jesus. Would help Emily remember and anticipate Jesus. Because when you are beginning to question the goodness of God, we did that. We were there. We, we literally called into question that He was good. We thought that He was harsh, withholding blessing from us. A father that didn't really love his children. There were times we believed that lie. In that place, we needed to re- be reminded of Jesus, that through Jesus, God gave us the greatest blessing, our greatest blessing. As he hung on a cross for our condemnation and guilt, gifting us eternal life and has promised us abundance as a sheep shepherded by him. There were times we questioned whether he was satisfying enough, believing that we needed another child to be our satisfaction. In that place, we needed to anticipate Jesus that He is the only source of our eternal satisfaction awaiting us. That we will never, ever be satisfied with the gifts because we were created to be satisfied in the giver. It was a fight. If you were with us during those three and a half years, you knew it was a fight. Daily. Sometimes moment by moment hour by hour. Maybe for you, the situation that you're in doesn't have anything to do with fertility, infertility. 
Maybe for you, it's a, a family relationship or a different relationship that's hard. Or maybe it's a work situation or a lack of work. Or maybe it's a health issue. Regardless we're of the hardship, we're all in need. We're all in need to remember and anticipate Jesus. And we're all in need of people to come around us to help us remember and anticipate together. We're all in need of that. And the same principle, remember, anticipate Jesus, ought to be applied to our tendencies to listen to other sheep over Jesus. Just trying to think of how to illustrate this. I mean, by far, for me personally, the best way to do this is parenting. There's so much pressure to be a parent. Your kids got to go to bed by 7.30. You need to read these parenting books. They need to go to these schools. You need to have this kind of car. They can only play one sport. You know, I mean, it's just, you can just be bombarded with things. And, 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 and there's a lot of good discernment and wisdom that's being given to us. And so we need to receive that. But if our faith and our hope is in those things above and beyond the shepherding care and leadership of our great shepherd, the Yahweh Rohio, then we're letting the flock be our shepherd. And in that place, we need to be reminded that although your child, although my son, Liam, like we desire good things for my son. I desire for him to be healthy. I desire for him to have a good education. I desire for him to play maybe more than one sport. I mean, just be honest. Probably two, maybe three. I mean, we desire those things. Like Emily and I desire those things for our son, right? Okay. But, but we need to desire, we need to remember that Liam's greatest need is not those things. It's to, be, it's to have a personal relationship with his creator. That, that he must first and foremost come to grips with the reality that he's a sinner and that God is great and has provided a way for him to be saved and have him reconciled to the Father. That's his greatest need, not what school he goes to. Maybe you're strapped with fear over your job there every other Tuesday. Maybe your future stability. I mean, this, this, like, this coming uh, election, like what in the world is going on with our country? <laughs> I mean, we, can, we can desire good things. We can, we can plan for the future. We can exercise discernment. Those are good things. Don't hear me wrong on that, but... Like, we need to anticipate a greater kingdom than the one that we are a part of now. We need to anticipate a greater blessing, a greater satisfaction, one where we will be face to face with the great shepherd of the sheep. And we we can't as sheep of Jesus' flock like too easily forget that we are first and foremost sheep of his fold and not of this country. To easily forget that he's leading us to greener pastures, not our self-independence. Own bootstraps. Too easily swayed that the grass may just be greener somewhere else. It's not. That's a lie. We must 
anticipate Jesus, his plans, his destination, that he is far greater, that he is more satisfying, and that he is the only life that is marked with abundance here and forevermore. Amen? Maybe you're strapped with guilt or shame over a sin you believe has defeated you. Been there. I mean, in that place, we need to remember that once a sheep of Jesus is fold, you are always a sheep of Jesus' fold. You will always be a sheep seen through the perfection of Jesus. That's how your daddy is always going to see you. We must remember that Jesus not only purchased us, he also showed himself as more powerful than sin and death itself. And he's given us his spirit so that by his grace, we as his uh, sheep following his leadership might conquer sin once and for all. We must anticipate that what Jesus has started, he will finish. That there will be a day when this fight with sin will be settled. And guess what? Jesus will be the victor. Jesus will be the victor. Where we will, by God's grace, overcome it. My prayer is that we would be a church body that would exercise those two things together, that we would remember and that we would anticipate Jesus in the context of all areas of our lives, that we would come together, we would huddle together to be spurred on to remember and anticipate our good shepherd so that we might trust him in the context of our lives, in all areas of our lives. My prayer is that we would be marked first and foremost as sheep that have been rescued by an amazing shepherd, the only Yahweh Rohio. And that we would be people that share and shine Yahweh Rohio in the world that we live as we follow the leading of Yahweh Rohio into eternity. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the great Yahweh Rohio, the, the shepherd of the sheep. Lord, we want to proclaim that to you. That is your name. And so, Lord, we want to live in light of that reality this morning. May, may the circumstances of our life that we are living in, that we brought into this room, Lord, may, may, may they be under the shadow of that reality that you are our shepherd, that we are your sheep this morning. That you have provided a, a great way, the only way, so that we might say we shall not want Lord, I pray that that reality um, begins to continue to, to build momentum as we pull upon it to live in obedience, not as though we are trying to attain something, but because we already have possession of everything in you. God, I pray that you uh, make us be a marked body. May we be salt and light in the context of northern Colorado,
so that many might come and see, might come and hear the voice of the good shepherd. See that he is good. We love you. We ask this all in your name. Amen.